Amen. I pray that's your prayer this morning. Amen. Amen. That we'll all get a revelation this morning. Even in the direction of what Christ wants and what God wants for our lives, we all, we all need that revelation this morning. That worked right into having your eyes open for God. So many times we need our eyes open to God. Amen. God allows us to go through different things and experience different things to have our eyes open. To really focus in and see who God is and, and what the direction He is for our lives. And, and it works no different for even in our church body. God has to open the eyes up to a church body. Amen. Uh, there's so many churches that are worshiping. There's so many things that God has gifted the church with. Uh, that we, that not just this church, but every church. I don't know if you know or not, but Jesus Christ died for the church. Amen. Church should be important to each and every one of us. Amen. That's what I was teaching in class this morning to the to the Connect classes. Man, we ought to be excited to go to church. Amen. <laughs> excited to wake up and just be there and say, Lord, what are you going to show me this morning? Because there's just some things that God will reveal in a church body that He will not reveal nowhere else. Now, He'll speak to us on our everyday lives, and He'll guide, and He'll direct us, but there are special blessings that we get to experience together as a church body. Amen? That's why it's so important we get to meet here and worship together. And so, the Holy Spirit, again, has to open our eyes up to that. And I want to go over to John chapter 6. Is this, this miracle is recorded in all four of the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and John. But I love John's version. He's very detailed of the feeding of the 5,000. And, and if we're going to have service and have heart for God, if we're going to be able to reach the needs in this community, reach the needs of other, other needs in this church with families, God's going to have to give up. We're going to have to be able to see it. Amen? Amen. <laughs> there, listen, there is a spiritual gift to be able to see things. To be able to see when God's moving and when God's not. We need to have a sense to us as Christians. It's more than just... We need to, we need to sense the movement of God. We need to sense when His presence is in this place. It's more than just... Or not even in this place. When you sense God's presence at a certain particular time on your job. You can be at home all by yourself and sense the presence of God. We need to sense when God is asking us to step out and go. We need to sense when God is asking us just to be still and know that He's God. But we've got to have an eye, a spiritual eye, to recognize when truth is there and when truth is not. Amen? And so we need a spiritual eye also to be able to reach the needs in this church. If we're going to continually show love and, and as a church body, we're going to have eyes to see where the needs are. There's nothing worse than to go to church and to be blind. <laughs> nothing worse to go to church every Sunday and have a church body, including myself and everyone else that is blind to what God wants us to do. And Jesus in this, in this uh, miracle, he, He's doing more than just feeding the 5,000. He's trying to get His disciples to have spiritual eyes. He wants to see how they'll respond when a need comes to the church or comes to the disciples. And, and believe me, the very first response that these disciples made to the feeding of the 5,000, that's 5,000 men. There was probably ten or 12,000 people. Jesus goes up to this mountain. He's on this mountain to speak to them. They look across and can you imagine 10,000 people standing down below you? 
And Jesus is going to test His disciples. He's going to see how great they really see spiritually. And so here's in, in chapter 6 of verse 1. Here's what Jesus... It starts off, it says, After these things, Jesus went over to the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed Him because they saw His signs which He performed on who were diseased. And Jesus went up to the mountain, and there He sat with His disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. And Jesus lifted up His eyes, seeing a great multitude coming toward Him. And He said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But this he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. What is that is saying is God knew all along. He asked him that question, where are we going to get bread? God knew exactly. Jesus Christ knew exactly how to meet these people's needs. But he's, he's testing the disciples. It says one of his disciples, Andrew, in verse 8, well, back up to verse 7. Philip answered him and said, 200 denarii, which is worth a bread, is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may just have a little piece. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There's a, a lad or a little boy here who has five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number about, 50, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when He had given thanks, He distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to the, those sitting down. And likewise of the fish as much as they wanted. In verse 12, So when they were filled, He said to the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, so that nothing is lost. Heavenly Father, I pray that You'll open our eyes this morning. For whatever sense we need and our eyes need to be open to whatever You're trying to show us in our lives and in our families. Lord, and in this church body, Lord, give us spiritual eyes. Spiritual eyes to serve. And Lord, we, we, we don't want to serve in a church that, Lord, we can sing and go to church and be blind to everything around us. But Lord, open our eyes and open our ears to hear what the Spirit has to say this morning. And we'll give you the praise. And everyone said, Amen. There's a story about a, these mining mules over in West Virginia. They used mules to mine coal and different things in these mines. And these shafts were very, very deep. And they would take these mules down in twos and fours and just hundreds of these mules would go down and mine and bring up the coal and different things that they were extracting from the ground. They'd bring, he'd bring it up. And a guy was driving one Sunday through this country or this mining country. Look out in this field and there was hundreds upon hundreds of mules all out in this field. And he couldn't believe, he was astonished about how many mules were out here on this one day. And so he stopped and seen some guys on the side of the road there that were tending the mules. And they were miners. And he stopped there and he said, I've never seen so many mules in one field. I've been through here quite a few times. I've never seen this number of mules. He said, what are y'all doing with all these mining mules up here in this field? He said, we have to on Sundays, we bring them up out of the mines from the work all week. We have to put them out in this pasture and expose them to the light. Because if they stay in the darkness too long, they'll go blind. And you know, that's the way we are spiritually. If we stay exposed to dark things too long, we become blind. Amen. 
That's why, that's why it's so important here on Sundays that, believe me, it can be dark during the week. Amen? The devil will come, I mean, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And there's times in our lives during the week that the devil attacks and things happen, that things get real dark. But if we stay in that darkness week after week after week, we become blind to what God is trying to speak to us. We become blind to what the Holy Spirit and, and His convictions. What a terrible thing to be in the world when we stop feeling... And hearing the convictions of the Holy Spirit, that's a blind place to be. That's a dark, dark place. Amen. What greater it is as a church body not to know when the Holy Spirit is moving. Amen? When the presence of God is speaking and moving and we're blind to it. What's even greater is when we know He's moving and don't do nothing about it. Amen. There's many times that I know that the Holy Spirit wants me to say this or do this or stop here and and I can be in Walmart. You know God's a big God if He can move in Walmart. Amen? Or in town, away from this church building, He'll stop me a lot of times and say, George, speak to that person. And I get so busy. God, I don't have time for that right now. I'm a preacher. i got to go. And... And, and, and if I keep doing that time after time of the Spirit of Him convicting me time and time again, that voice is going to get quieter and quieter and quieter. And I'm going to wind up in a dark place in my life. Spiritually blind to people around me. Spiritually blind to my family. Spiritually blind to my church body. And then when we get a church body that is blind, we're spiritually, we do not see the needs in this church. We don't know who to help, who to encourage. We don't know who to pray for, who not to pray for. We are just having church blindly Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And did you know there's churches that do that? How many times has the Holy Spirit convicted and moved and pressed upon your heart, but we didn't move? i got a few honest people. The rest of y'all are just spiritual fibbers. <laughs> we all have heard the Holy Spirit and sensed Him and, and see Him, but we didn't move and do something about it, and we stay in the dark. We become accustomed. That's why Jesus Christ died on the cross, He said, that He could bring us out of the dark and put us into the marvelous light. When we're into the light, we see things in a whole different way. Man, when you're walking in the light, your attitude is different. Amen. When a church is walking in the light, the services are different. When your marriage is walking in the light, it's different. Amen. <laughs> when you're on your job and you're walking in the light, because believe me, people will pull you down, amen? How many of you ever been pulled down by other folks? And other things. I see that happens everywhere. What a difference it makes when you walk in the light. And not in the darkness. So Jesus, go back to this in John chapter 6. Jesus sees His disciples and sees this crowd. He says, Jesus sitting there thinking, there's a big crowd here. I want to see if my disciples really see, they really sense the movement of the Holy Spirit. I want them to sense God in this place. I want to see if they'll make a move. I want to see how they respond to a need. And so Jesus, after He speaks to them, He says, guys, we need to feed these people. They're hungry. 
It's getting late. They'll never make it back home. They'll, 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 they'll tire out. Some of them might even die. We've got, we've got a problem here. There's a need that needs to be met. And just like old Philip, he's a good Baptist. Let's just send them home. They'll find their own food. Amen? I'll let them send them on home. They'll, they'll figure it out. Or here's another way the church does. We don't have the money. Why is it always about money? We, we ain't got the money to feed that big a crowd. We, we can't do ministry like that. We got 8000 in the bank and that's for hard times. Amen. Amen. Amen? We're not a bank. Amen? I got a few claps. That's alright. We're not a bank. If we can sit around with 100000 in the bank and rubs our chest and chest bump on Sunday morning and say glory to Jesus and people are dying and go to hell. They're hungry. There's needs to be met. We are walking in the dark as a church. We are walking in the dark. That is not why Jesus Christ came and died for the church. Amen? That's why I'm a little different. I could care less what the building looks like and have a great building to spend millions of dollars, but our hearts are cold. Amen? This is not what Jesus Christ... This, this is why the Pharisees hated Jesus so much. He should be up in the temple wearing the robe and preaching and, and being around all of us religious people. He shouldn't be down here on the shores around a bunch of stinky country boy fishermen. Half of them are rednecks. They don't have the proper education. Barely got out of high school. We have been brought up in the church. We have been schooled. We went to the best theological schools money could buy. My great-great-grandpa was the high priest in the temple. He should be with us up here. And Jesus, He shouldn't be around the prostitutes, the blind, the leper. Besides that, He'll catch something. Amen? But that's the attitude of the church today. The heart of the church is not... This is not the heartbeat of the church. You say, well, Sunday mornings, that's, Sunday mornings is celebration time. Amen? Sunday mornings is a time for the church to come in and get refueled for what we got to face next week. Amen? That's what church is for. It's a place to come as people come in with hurts. People come in and you get nicked up last week. You've been hurt. You've been burdened down. It's a place for people to rally around you because they're indwelt, because they're, son, they're brothers and sisters in Christ. That's why we rally around each other and lift each other up because the world is not going to lift you up. It's going to keep pulling you down and pulling you down. That's what church... Church is like a... It is like a hospital. Amen? When you're hurting, you should be able to come in and be lifted up. And the, and the Pharisees just didn't like this. We want to, we want to look good. We need, we need a symbol for Christianity. You know what a good symbol for Christianity is? Hands and feet. Amen. Hands and feet. Because listen, we're not going to see if we can't, we're not going to see no more. No, our heart determines what we see. 
You say, Brother George, I have a hard time seeing needs and being compassionate. And, and Jesus showed compassion to these people right off the bat. He said, guys, what are we going to feed these guys? Oh, we can't do it. They're not compassionate. They was all busy about having church. And we can't just get busy and having church and doing ministry and do everything and get so involved with our group that we leave everybody else out in this community. Amen? Amen. There's got listen, there's going to be more ministry than just what goes on in this church. A church that is growing and doing what God has called it to do is going to have more than just a youth program, a women's ministry, a men's ministry, Amen. and a kids' ministry. That's for us. Amen? Amen. You say, Brother George, we, we got that, man. We do ministry. We, listen, there's a difference in being religious and being busy than having a heart to see the needs. Yeah, well, we're a busy church. Yes, we are. We also need to be busy. Amen? Amen. I mean, we don't need to burn out, but we need to stay focused and stay busy doing stuff. Because listen, if we don't stay busy doing stuff, if we did only a church gathering, something special every three months, people start fading away because the idle mind is the devil's workshop. That's right. Amen? That's right. That's why you say, Brother George, y'all do everything in this church. I, I just want to go there and I just want to sit and hear you preach and go home. And I don't want to get involved in this. And then, My friend, if that's what you want, that's all the Jesus you'll ever see. Nobody is forcing you to do anything more than what the Spirit is drawing you to do. Amen. That's right. Amen. Amen. I can't make nobody get more involved. All I can do is lead you to the water. Amen. Sometimes I want to hold you under the water. But all I can do is preach and lead you to the water, to the fountain of life and saying, man, go deeper, go deeper. Jesus wants us to go. If the church does not want to go deeper, I can't make the church go deeper. The church has to develop eyes and ears that hear what the Spirit of God is saying to the church. Spiritual ears and spiritual eyes. We, listen, the church needs this more than anything is to know in a sense God is moving. There might be a Sunday, and we've done it before, and it'll come again. There's been times I've been up here at Tim and felt the presence so strong that he was saying, George, you keep your mouth shut. You don't say a word. I got this church. Amen. 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 And one time I was sitting up here, y'all don't know, but me and God, we have conversations. I said, God, but I've studied all week long. Man, I, I got a I got a ripped Jim Banger. I'm ready to preach it. If that's a word. Look it up in the GIV version. It's there. I said, Lord, I, I, I've studied all week long. I've got this. I, man, I'm ready to preach. It's gonna it's gonna astound the people and the altars will be full when I get through. Lord, let me preach it. He said, George, zip it. <laughs> Have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying. I can do more in five minutes with my Spirit at the altars than you can preach in 50 minutes. <laughs> and we got to realize that, that God can do in one little prayer, one brief humbleness in the presence of God will change you more than any church service ever will. When we humble ourselves and say, be still and know that I'm God. 
I was going to preach more of this, but I'm not. I'm going to go a different direction with it. Hey, go over to Mark. I love that verse. Since we're on spiritual side, I'm done with the feeding the five thousand. Amen. We got to have sight. I want you to look at Mark. I love this because a lot of us can never experience God unless we begin to see Him. And there's things that keep us from seeing the movement of God. If you don't see God this week, it's more than likely. If you don't see or hear God this week, someday, you probably will not be in services next Sunday. Because it's very easy to pull us back into the dark. Amen. How many of you ever feel like you've been pulled toward the dark? I'm not saying you're not saved. You say, Brother George, saved people don't get pulled to the dark. I got a Greek word for that. It's called hogwash. <laughs> saved people get drawn away from the things of God. Amen. Yes, the Holy Spirit's inside of you and He's a rock and He never moves. He'll always be there. But things can draw me away. How many of you ever feel like you've been... How many of you ever feel like you've been drawn away? I mean, you feel like that, man, I used to be so much closer to Jesus. I mean, I used to sense Him so strong. And now, I, Lord, I haven't sensed You in a week and maybe two weeks and some of us maybe a month. Maybe three months. Some of us, maybe since we've been saved. Ooh. Well, I remember when He saved me. Boy, I felt so good. I, it felt like, I mean, I got filled up and I was refreshed. I was excited about Jesus Christ. He saved my soul. Do you know that He wants to do that to us every week and day of the week? He doesn't want you walking around being an old stinking, thinking, negative person every day because you're being drawn to the darkness. He, believe it or not, God actually wants you to enjoy your relationship with Him. Amen. 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 I enjoy preaching about him. Amen. Amen. Some of y'all are saying, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> That's all right. Hang in there. God's coming. Amen. Amen. But we've got to have spiritual eyes. I love this story. Now listen, there's a lot of this a lot of this in the story is us in everyday life. Jesus comes to this man and they bring, he's standing there and they bring a blind man to him. And I want you all to know not, Jesus could have spoke and that man could have been two towns over. He could have spoke, be healed, and the man could have been healed. He does that. He did it to the centurions. Servant healed him by one word. But Jesus, for some reason, look what happens. He came to the Pisidia. And they brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him because he knew he was the Messiah. They heard about feeding the 5,000, heard about him healing the land. Man, touch me, Jesus. Heal my sight. So he took the blind man, and I love this. He took the blind man by the hand and touched him and healed him, and everybody said, happy, happy, happy. <laughs> Amen? No. He touched the man by the hand. What did he do? Let him out of town. Sometimes for God to get to us, to get us to see the light, to get us to have spiritual eyes, He's got to lead us away from the influence and the people that we're around. He's got to lead you out of your comfort zone. What you're familiar with, what you're used to. Oh, He could touch you right in that comfort zone, but it wouldn't mean nothing to you. 
He can heal you without even taking you out of town and away from your friends and your family and your church and your job. But God is trying to get you away from all them voices that's in your town. You say, I'm not talking about, I'm talking about your town spiritually. Yes. Amen? Amen? I'm talking about your town. There is so many voices you hear during the week in your town that tells you, stay where you're at. Don't go deeper with Jesus. Don't get, don't get too excited about Jesus. You know, don't shout. Don't holler. Be pride and proper. You're doing good. And here's what the devil also used in your own town. You're better than so-and-so. You're really climbing. You're really going deeper compared to so-and-so. <laughs> Amen? I mean, I, the oldest trick in the book for Satan to make you feel better is to judge yourself with somebody else's spiritual walk. But the thing about it is, guys, the devil don't pick a spiritual giant to judge you by. He uses a person that's been away from God for months and years. But he don't use the person. The devil don't say, well, look at your life compared to this spiritual giant here that's experiencing God's blessings and His presence and His power and He sees with spiritual eyes and hears the voice of God and is, has the joy of the salvation stirred up. The devil don't show you them people. He don't judge you against them people. Amen? It's always about the, somebody that we're better than. I may, may not be like him, but I'm better than old so-and-so. I may not be the best dad, but I'm better than so-and-so's dad. Amen? We're blind. And so Jesus said, I've got to get you, if you're really going to experience me, I've got to lead you by the hand out of the dark, out of the town. Get you away from all these people that are telling you, I'm leading you away from your comfort zone. And that's the hardest thing to do is be led away from our comfort zone. You know what your face looks like when God leads you out of the comfort zone? Amen? You are... Scared to death. But when you're in your comfort zone, you got this, baby. You control the temperature. You control how much God you want and how little God you want. You control how much friends you want. You control it all in your little bubble. In your comfort zone. When God gets you by the hand and says, I want you to truly see me, not as the church sees me, not as your friends see me. I want you to see me for who I really am. Not what your Sunday school teacher tells you I am. Amen? Not what Pleasant Hill tells you I am. I want you to experience me one-on-one. -on -one. Get my hand. Let's go out of the town. Experience the real Jesus. Amen. And so he led him out of town. Now, look at this. He led him out of town. And then when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands on him, he asked, do you see anything? I'd have said, no. They're spitting my eyes. <laughs> Amen. How would you like? You're being led out of town and you're waiting with anticipation for the Spirit of God. I mean, it's going to be like a Pentecost experience. 
to experience Jesus and you hear <laughs> Amen I mean that just like blows it out of the water I had to do that that was good that was anointed whether you believe it or not and all of a sudden you hear a poof and he rubs it on your eyes and then he says what do you see now? <laughs> what do you mean what do I see now? And look what happens. It says, And he looked up, and I see men like trees. Amen. And everybody, man, you say, Oh, praise God, he can see now. No, he can see better. He, he said, I... I mean, really, guys, if, I, if I've been blind all my life and all my eyes up and I see men that look like trees, I can't see the best. I can see better, but it's not the best. And, and listen, this is what Jesus is trying to tell him. I want you to do more than just better. I want you to have the best of me. Some of us settle for better. <clears throat> Help my voice. We settle for better. Well, I'm better than so-and-so, Lord. I, I'm a lot better than I used to be two years ago. I, I'm not near... I'm a better husband than I used to be. I'm a better dad. I'm a better church member than I used to be. And so we just kind of settle back in to our comfort zone. Jesus is saying, guys, it's not about better, but best. Do you want the best I can offer? Amen. Does this church want the best? Amen. The best that Jesus has to offer. Not the better. Amen. Well, we're doing better than some, you know, Brother George. We, you know, we're doing... No, the best. Amen. The best. And Jesus, look at the next verse. Then He put His hands on Him again. I believe Jesus prayed. Put His hands over His eyes. He looked up. He saw He was restored. And he could see everyone. Clearly. Huh? Clearly. Clearly. You know what this is telling me? You can be saved and brought out of the darkness into the light, but you need, sometimes we need to be touched more than one time. Amen. So many Baptists, well, I'm saved about 40 years ago. If that's your only testimony you have, you don't see a lot of God. Amen? Amen. If you, all your testimony is about is 40 years ago, what is God doing today? Amen. What are you seeing clearly today? Yes, you've been saved. You've been indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You're going to heaven. But you need to be touched time and time again because our vision gets dark. And God, there's a big difference from being better to clear. What do you see your spiritual life at today? Is it better? Or is it the best? What do you want for your life? Better? Or the best that Christ has? I don't know about you, but I want the best. Best worship. I want the best presence of God there is. I want the best healing hand on my life. The best anointing. 
I want God to touch my family the best. My church experiencing the best. Not just better. Better. If you can explain what God's doing in your life, this is country, but He ain't doing it. Amen? And here's the whole key. And I put this on, I put this on Facebook this week. <clears throat> None of us are going to get to see Jesus until the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change. Did y'all get that? Okay, let me explain to you one more time. Until you're tired of staying where you're at, becomes greater than the fear of change, you'll never change. Now, did you get that? People are that away. Churches. This is why God don't move in churches. They're scared to death of change. Amen? We all are scared of change. I do not like it when Melvin moves the furniture. <laughs> I want my chair right here where it's always been. <laughs> Even if it's better over there, I'm not telling her. <laughs> I want it right here. Churches and church members, <clears throat> they're the same way. Even though it may be better, we're not changing. Amen? We ain't never done that before. Amen? Amen. Where are you at? <clears throat> Let's all stand. today Lord I pray you'll open our eyes to whatever's keeping us away from you Lord I pray you'll take the blinders off Lord whether it's tradition or past whatever it is Lord I pray that you'll Remove the blinders so we can clearly see what You want us to be. Lord, I have Your way in this altar call. Lord, You're giving an invitation for us to come and to go from seeing a little to seeing a lot today. Lord, touch our eyes. Touch us as a church. And we'll give You all the praise. And everyone said, come this morning. Right where you're at, come. Maybe you'll allow, uh, allow things to blind you. Come.